it is very important to develop the uh, or to identify the developmental areas in each one of us because we can all change we can all build a muscle so for me it's like why wouldn't we add skills and tools onto ourselves to grow those competencies inside of us any successful relationship starts with finding your center the truth at the core of who you are only then can you develop the ability to truly connect with someone else. Concentric is about aligning with people who share a common center. This show gives you the tools and the skills to do just that through practical training, real life stories and examples, and in-depth interviews with people who have taken this journey and come out the other side better for it. Welcome to Concentric. We're glad you're here. Welcome to episode 14 of Concentric. I'm Jason Croft and Gary De Rodriguez and I dig in today around the aspect of using data to not only find that right candidate for a specific job at your company, um, but for those folks who are in those roles now, going through with some assessments that really help you determine is this person in the right role and if not either how do we train up that person or find that perfect role for them based on their strengths so we, we certainly have you know a hundred different <laughs> you know assessments that are out there and anybody in the business world is is familiar with you know disc and myers-briggs and all of those different assessment tools What's really interesting is not just the concept that we dig into today around the importance of going going through that assessment process even before someone is, is hired, um, but also the one that Gary's talking about here in this episode. It's unique in, in not only how... The, it assesses that individual, but it also goes through numerous jobs in terms of who you should be looking for for that role. But then a whole separate layer to, to it is, is a training aspect to allow a manager to make that assessment of an employee, for instance, see that you know this role requires this, the employee has all of this, but they're so close, right? Like they really need to develop this to really thrive in this role. And so now there's training to go along with this. So not only does that level up that employee who goes through that training, but we all have data now to measure against. The employee knows what they're shooting for and they have action steps and then data to measure that. The manager has that of like, oh, it's time for this person to have a raise or be promoted or whatever that may be based on this data and where they are in all of this. So um, I love this aspect because we, we certainly talk about the humanness of everything and, and how to be better at all of that. And so it may seem counterintuitive at first to think, okay, we're applying data and numbers and this and that, you know, to assess somebody, but it's really the, the data of digging into who they really are, um, which gets us to build up their great humanness in that role and help them help the company and really improve 
an entire company culture by implementing something like this. All right, let's jump in. Welcome to Concentric. Gary, how's it going? It's going great, my friend. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. This, this is fun. I know we go back and forth a little bit here. At the core of everything of this show is people, right? You know, it's relationships and how those relationships and those connections manifest in all areas of life. And that's the, the core of the show. Sometimes we're talking about romantic relationships, you know, parent-child relationships. And very often, because we love the subject too, is business relationships. And that's, you know, where you do a lot of work in is going into companies and helping them. And I think those two aspects of your expertise coming together, so powerful, you know, when you can take the the sort of business, what's important to business and making sure all of those things are checked, but you bring this human focus to it, everything skyrockets, you know, uh, it's, it's wonderful. And, and that's something we wanted to dig into today with the crazy, you know, job situation, employee situation, lack of employee situation that's going on right now. And I know you work with companies all the time and you've kind of, it's, it's fresh on your mind because you've been dealing with it. You know, folks who are just like, Carrie, what do I do here? This is this is tough. Um, and you've got something, I mean, kind of the topic we wanted to dig into is this data-driven approach to job placement, getting people put in the right positions, which on the surface with somebody coming in, listening, might seem counterintuitive, like, oh, data, numbers, blah, blah, blah. You know, I thought this was more a get that human in there and feelings and emotion and all that. Um, but but it really, it's it's that combination of both. And really, I think that's what you're talking about here is using the data to tell you about that human <laughs> so that the everything gets, you know, connected the right way. So, so dig into that a little bit, both on yeah. sort of the advice you were starting to give, you know, your, your client earlier this week and, and what you see as kind of a solution to what so many companies are struggling with right now. Yeah. I'd be I'd be really happy to because you know there's a there's a newer uh, personality assessment that has uh, come out on the market. I was uh, blessed enough to have been getting um, phone calls from uh, their their person who uh, was looking for reps for this particular um, assessment, and they probably had conversations with me for about two years. And finally, I said, okay, well, let me, let me go, let me take the assessment and let me see what it is, you know, because I'm like, I'm, I've got all these other tools that I, I'm using and I don't really want to add another one to it. And so I took the assessment and when I got the results back and got the debrief, I was like, wow, it's like, this really is something I've not seen before in the market. So I got pretty excited about it. And I said, you know, okay, I want to get trained on the platform. You know, I want to roll it out to my existing, you know, corporate clients right now. And uh, so I began this, uh, this very interesting journey into uh, psychometric assessments. And this is like the latest one out there. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. It's mobile. It, you know, goes from, you know, boomers to Gen Z's and, you know, it has all that kind of data in there. And um, the reason that I think it's important is because for, 
for employee satisfaction, oftentimes they you have the wrong personality into the wrong role. And therefore the employee doesn't do well. If employee doesn't do well in the job role, what happens is they don't have contentment. They don't have satisfaction. They've got more frustration. They've got more irritation. They may even have more stress and more anxiety because they can't fit themselves into the job role in a way that the job role requires. And yeah, and it may not be a frustration with the company at all, no, which the translation might be like, oh, they hate it here. The, the the employee may say, I hate it here, but it's not the here, it's the what they're doing at the, exactly. at the job. And then what, what most employees do is they get very frustrated with their with their direct manager. And so the manager is going, Well, why can't you do it this way? And why can't you learn this? And you did this wrong again, and da-da-da-da-da. And so the employee starts to like being kind of aggravated by the manager and the manager, if they're not trained well, becomes less uh, civil. And over time, the employee just blows out of space. We cannot afford to lose good talent. So therefore, the, the ability to have a methodology for helping us place the right person with the right skills and talents and personality into the right role. It isn't about, oh, we're going to eliminate these people from the job role. No, there's an inbuilt coaching program within each one of these assessments that helps the manager actually build that employee up in areas in their personality where they are outside the success pattern. They need coaching to bring them inside the success pattern with a prolonged coaching development plan attached to the assessments. So this is not about exclusion. This is about inclusion and development. So I want to make that really clear. So I got pretty excited about that because it had that human element to it. I've seen a lot of assessments like, well, you just don't fit. You're, you're like a throwaway, you know, next. And we can't afford that now, nor do I think that that's a moral way to treat people. But what I what I found most important about the whole process is that it, it was so customized. So I was working with this um, luxury real estate brokerage in La Jolla, and um, the the broker said, "Look, I, I I need to do assessments. I'm building a large team. We had about forty people then, and I said, "Okay, great. Give me your four top performers." And he goes, "Okay." So I assessed his four top performers. The, the platform actually condenses those personality qualities and creates a success pattern, like an algorithm, a success pattern that then every single agent employed currently could be, could be measured against and see where they were in the success pattern or outside the success pattern. And this gave the, the in-house coach a absolute incredible coaching direction to take each individual employee. So he created a development plan for each particular person that was outside those success patterns. When any new candidate would apply saying, look, I'd love to belong to your team, we put them through the assessment to see where they land within that success pattern. Therefore, what the what the broker said was like, he said, oh my God, I'm no longer hiring in the dark. I interview, I get references, I do background checks, and yet I still hire wrong. I don't get it. And I'm like, that's because you can't see the deeper unconscious drivers in that person's personality that will help you 
actually know that that person has the qualities and the capabilities to be a high-performing luxury agent. And what he what, what he said to me about six months after we rolled this out in his company, he said, wow, because now I have faith that the energy, time, training, and personal and financial investment I'm making in my new candidates, I have more possibility of them winning and staying and being retained than I ever did before. Because he said, I would train all these people, all my energy and money would go down the drain because they would just quit right after the training. And, and it makes him not, yeah, it makes him not want to even continue to grow and bring it. Yeah. And made him far more aggravated. And so now he's like, that isn't happening anymore. Like these people are staying and they're actually starting to get out, even if they're brand new agents, they're starting to get out there and really produce. And I said, that's because you have to have information on the deep structure of that individual before you hire them and make sure they have the innate personality qualities to be that matches your highest performing agents that you currently have. So you no longer hire blind. You no longer hire in a way that like, you know, you don't throw out, out, you know, the, the conversation and the background checks and the other things that you would normally do to interview an individual. But you add this extra piece of psychometric data to the mix. And then you get a job match on the report. The initial report, the summary report will give you a job match that shows where their personality meets the the personality qualities of the four top performers on the team. And that gives you a percentage job match. Anything above a 75, I personally think an 80% job match, they're going to be a pretty good investment. So this becomes a way, another way of being able to select to develop and to retain talent. The, the gatekeeper is always HR or the, at the beginning of the hiring process. You have to be able to hire right. And in-house with your existing employees, you really have to show an investment and a desire to evolve them and let them know where their developmental areas are so they know what to focus on. A lot of times people say, well, you know, you just didn't produce last month. You didn't meet your KPIs. Well, they don't know what they don't know, especially if they're not being coached by a pretty awake, aware manager. They don't know what to develop. They don't know how to develop it. So this gives a manager a coaching program to help the employee actually evolve themselves in a strategic and and data-driven manner and then train the managers how to be manager as coach. And then you start having greater retention, higher performance and better culture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's strong. Define for us when you... When you talk about identifying those success patterns in somebody, what does that what does that mean? Is that behavior mindset? What is what is that? Let me let me go over the um, the seven personality traits that are measured. Um, so what's measured first is reasoning ability. This has nothing to do with IQ. It has to do with how fast you can take complex pieces of information and actualize them into a solution. So um, for me, like I measure out of five, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like the, the, 
the dullest knife in the drawer and I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But for me, what, what, that, what that said to me, and it's very true, when I'm learning anything new, I have to do it a few times before it really sinks in. When I first will read the instructions or trying to learn a, a new process, I'll be like, I don't get it yet. And then I'll go back and I'll read it again. Okay, it's getting a little clear. I'll read it again and then I'll do it. I'm like, okay, I got it. Some people can just look at it and go, piece of cake. Okay, I'm off and running. Other people will be like, okay, now I really have to take this home. I have to study it all weekend and then I'll get it. Once they get it, they're a beast. You know, they just get out there and do it. But oftentimes it's about what the job is, how much, how, what a high, what a, a, a percentage of reasoning ability they need for the job to not struggle on the job. Like if I was an air traffic controller, there would be a big mess on the tarmac because I just cannot take rapid pieces of information, put it together in solution really fast, and then boom, I'm done. That's not me. So I know I could never do that job, or I wouldn't want to do that job. And if I did that job, I would be highly stressed. Not a good fit for me. The next one is competitiveness. And that simply means, like, there's no good or bad uh, scores in this. So I, I want to be really, really clear. There's no good or bad scores. It depends on how your score matches the job description. So if you're a single out there, badass sales person, you're going to want to have pretty high competitiveness. If you're working as a manager on a team, bringing your team with you, you're going to want to have about mid-level competitiveness to lower competitiveness because you're going to want the team to win, not just you. High competitiveness, running a big team, not such a great fit because they're not going to be so interested in what the others do. Are they going to pull them along as much as they can, but they're going to be very focused on them winning. So there's no good or bad scores. It's how the score matches the job pattern. So next, next is sense of urgency. Now, I've got a kind of high sense of urgency. I have a tendency not to cross the T's and dot the I's because I'm like, let's get it done. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Not necessarily good for someone who's a quality assurance person, you know, because they're going to look through all the, all the things that could be wrong and do it completely right and be very invested in that. I'm like a pretty quick study and I'll just like, boop, go to the finish line. I wouldn't be good um, doing risk assessments and quality assurance uh, because I'm going to go too fast. Next is take charge which is, will I jump in front of the bus and just take charge of everything, pushing aside any other person who thinks they can do the job? Will I just run to the front and go, I'm going to do this and lead the group? Um, that can be a good quality if you are put at that position of a leader, if it matches the job pattern. It can be a very poor quality if you're working as a, you know, um, um, in a, in a manufacturing position and you are, you're stamping out, you know, like metal parts and you want to take charge of everything. You're going to do your very best to run all over the manager that's, you know, you're directly reporting to, or if you have a manager and they've got really low take charge, that means someone with high take charge at a lower position is going to usurp your power and attempt to always be criticizing you or, or wanting to give direction and think they know how to do it better. So I'm just trying to put this into perspective. There's no good or bad. It all depends on the job role. 
I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you want to take a deep dive into the concepts Gary is talking about here and so much more, I've got something for you. From time to time on the show, you may hear us talk about Gary's course, Creating Incredible Relationships. This course is the culmination of Gary's 35 years worth of seminars, one-on-one training, and transforming the lives of over 11,000 people on four different continents. To learn how to build alignment and heck, just get along with others sometimes, we all require skills that are not commonly known and are not out there in the relationship development space. We need help. That's why Gary put this course together. The content in it is powerful and comprehensive. But just like we've done with this show, it's put together in a way that's easily consumable and quickly implemented. To gain the ability to take every relationship you have or want to have to the next level, go to garyscourse.com and see how to get started. Now, back to the show. Manageability is another one which is if you're high in manageability, you will follow policy and procedure. You will read the manual. You'll do your best to do it according to what the established policies are. If you're low in manageability, you're going to rebel. You're going to be like an Elon Musk. You're going to want to do it your way. You're going to want to innovate a shortcut. You're going to want to do all that, probably without knowing enough information about the job yet to shortcut it, but you're going to try to do it anyways. So there's all these different principles. The next one is people contact. And the last one is attitude. Attitude is not necessary to a bad attitude or good attitude. A high on attitude is, you know, I will do, uh, I have like a rosy outlook most of the time, pretty positive, optimistic guy. Low is like, I'm going to be analyzing the risks. I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And if you think you're authority, I don't feel really comfortable with that because I have a lack of trust. So I'm going to be asking you a whole bunch of questions and probably offending you just a tiny bit because I'm not going to trust everything that like you tell me. So that's good if you're in risk assessment or quality assurance um, to have a low, you know, sort of attitude quality. But if not, you know, a higher attitude quality working in a team would probably be preferable. So you get to look at all of these qualities, how they intersect, and then what the overall propensity of that person's behavior is going to be hardwired to do. So these are some of the, the, the traits that when I, uh, when I put together the extended disc, which gives us our, the, the behavioral side of it, and then we, then we couple that with a psychometric assessment process, which gives us the deep hardwired side of it, we get a very complete picture of the individual. And then what's going to fit best for the job role? Now, the job roles are always defined by, we can build out a pattern, a custom pattern, but there's also a whole library of just about every job role where they've already taken four top performers and they already have an existing success pattern for that job role. So it's it's a pretty really well-formed system for providing people with a data-driven methodology for picking the right candidate for the right role. And I personally love it because it's been stone cold accurate. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. And then I can imagine because of that training component, I imagine the the art of it versus the science then becomes maybe some nuances in a particular role or a particular company with this role because that role at this company may be completely different than, you know, at this startup or whatever that might be. Yeah. But also that massaging 
and finding the balance of this person, they're in this role, we see how they're lined out, and do they have, are they close enough to where now we'll put them through the training portion of it because they're they're def- kind of deficient in this one area that's, or it doesn't come as natural. They can get it. They're close enough. They could get it. Where Where does all that, is that just like the messy stuff you have to work through? <laughs> but where does that come in from like basically play on your strengths, don't worry about your weaknesses or vice versa, you know, where does all that play into it? Well, um, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm a fan of strength, uh, you know, finder and, and playing to the strengths uh, of an individual. Um, and I do believe that that's, that's a good thing, but I also believe that it is very important to develop the, uh, or to identify the developmental areas in each one of us, because we can all change. We can all build a muscle. Why would we settle to just, you know, have great calves and great quadriceps where we've ignored our whole upper body? You know, why wouldn't we go for a balanced physique? So for me, it's like, why wouldn't we add skills and tools onto ourselves to grow those competencies inside of us? Like in the disc, I'm a high eye. And S, I have very little attention for detail and engineering and all of that, but I wanted those skills. So when I got a job as a trainee draftsman and the largest naval engineering company in the world, I jumped at the chance. And I worked my way up seven levels of promotion in that company over seven years. And I eventually became a senior piping designer and designed the firefighting systems for two of the aircraft carriers in the U.S. fleet and for the hangar bays and the flight decks. And I was so, um, the word isn't proud, I, I was so satisfied that I was able to take a complex, like a million moving parts. I had to order all the nuts, the bolts, the gaskets, the, the metal difference differences I had to be completely aware of. I had to size the pipes right for, you know, gravity drainage if I was doing a a, a collecting, holding, and transfer system. So there were all these things that I had to be aware of, read all the specs, make sure they were all in alignment with military specs, and then order all the parts, do all the drawings, and when the ship went in the shipyard, they could actually install it according to my drawings. Now, I could never, ever, ever dreamt that I would have built that kind of muscle. Because before that, you know, I was like this artist guy that, you know, that's that was the biggest thing I ever did, you know, up to that point. But I wanted a marketable skill that built my mental capabilities. And that did. It gave me a edge that I never would have had if I would have played to my strengths and hung out in a job that I felt so comfortable with. For me, you do not grow in your comfort zone. You grow outside of your comfort zone and you build that muscle. So the, the, the developmental plans in case and the coaching plans in case in these assessments help people evolve those developmental areas of them to help them rise up to a higher level of performance, which means a greater job satisfaction, less stress, less anxiety on on the job because they know what to focus on. The manager knows. And then it turns into a measurable process. So at review time, the manager can go, wow, 
Like they've done X, Y, and Z, and this is what they've been working on for the last six months. Absolutely, they deserve a raise. Instead of going in to see your manager and the manager goes, well, from my perception, you haven't done a da-da-da. And the boy's going, I have most certainly done that. And I cannot believe that you don't, you never saw it. Because the manager is not working off of some system that is measurable to be able to advance that employee in their salary, in performance. They can measure the performance increase. That's just better. That's better for the company. That's better for the employee, everything. Because employees get, that's where employees bolt out of companies because when they feel like they're not seen, they're not heard, they're not recognized, like they're not even important enough for, for their manager to see the work that they're putting in because a manager can't measure it yet, that is where employees leave. So this is a, for me, this process is an overall talent selection, development, and retention process. Yeah, I I love that, and that and that is I think that whole topic that is that's the again the art part of it, you know, in in finding finding those things that yeah we're not it's not in my comfort zone, but I can see a real advantage to developing that skill right and finding that sometimes it's just a hunch sometimes it's just like i don't know what it is but i just i want to be good at that i'm not i'm horrible you know and i i mean i had that with speaking and meeting people and networking and all of that stuff i was the furthest thing in the world from anyone who would do that and i i i made that conscious decision and it's transformed my life right (laughs) you know um And at the same time, I'm also a big believer in not spending all your time trying to bring up these weaknesses just because it's a weakness or, you know, lesser than this person or that person just because, right? (laughs) You know, like, oh, I should be better at this. Well, no, I'm amazing at this. So let me dive in further. And again, that's the art, I think, is finding where to ebb and flow with that and focus on the strength or focus on the weakness, just depending on that circumstance. I totally agree. What what I love about this assessment is it actually shows pinpoints what it is you require to develop to be great at this job role. That's what I love about it. And so for me anyways, in my work ethic, if I'm going to go into a job, I want to do as good as I can possibly do at that job. And so if there's some methodology for me to understand what it's going to take for me innately to increase my own skills to better give me the opportunity to be as great as the best people on that job could be, then I'm going to take it. I'm going to learn from it. Yeah, and I, I think that I think that's... That's why putting something like this almost at the forefront, almost in a marketing type of way, could be so beneficial to companies to to be so forward in letting potential candidates know, like, hey, this is a part of our – this is how much we care about your happiness at the company and your congruence in that role. This is how much we care about it because of this – you know, 
assessment that we do and training that we do and all of that, I think to lead with something like that could be really strong, especially right now when companies need any differentiator they can get. Because people want to develop. They want to develop themselves. I I remember I was training for a very large uh, pharmacy pharmaceutical distribution chain down in Australia. They were the largest chain of drugstores in Australia and are in Western Australia at the time. Now they're nationwide. But um, I remember I had done a lot of work with the with the leadership team, but I hadn't done any work with you know the general the general teams. And I remember going in there, there was the, the training room, there's about 300 people there. And, uh, and the CEO gets up and he goes, I have no idea what he's going to do for these next three days. I have a no brief on the curriculum, but I know what he's done for our leadership team. So I have faith. And then he said, I don't care if you're with us for three months or for 30 years. I want your life to improve as a consequence of being in relationship with my company. And this is our way of helping you evolve yourself. And then he said, I know whatever Gary's gonna teach is going to help you evolve. And then he just handed the mic over to me and I started. But that kind of leadership, that kind of intentionality towards his entire, all the pharmacy employees from the top to the bottom um, was so palatable in, in that room that day because he means what he says. He's one of the most incredible CEOs I've ever met. And, uh, and this was years ago, years and years and years ago before this was a popular philosophy in management. And, uh, and he, his company, um, last time I checked, had gone nationwide. And I, we still talk, you know, hey, how are you doing, Ken? You know, great, you know, and he'll, he'll we'll gum it up for a while because I miss the Australian accent, so I call my Aussie friends periodically. Uh, so it is, uh, it works. It totally works. So again, I go back to what I said previously, is like, you know, when, when leadership embraces it, when leadership embraces the, the investment as a value of its team members, then what happens is there, there ends up being an overall pervasive culture of caring, which is one of the, the 10 competencies of conscious capitalism. So it, it, it's, a, it's a really important thing to do. And, you know, the, the assessment process is, is just part of that journey, but it's an important piece. It's a more granular piece of the, what makes companies actually fly. So I I love speaking more granular about business rather than more generalized because this gives people an idea of what they can do. Oh, yeah. We get enough generalization out there. You know, we get the fluffy, you know, believe in yourself, you know, or (laughs) whatever that is in a LinkedIn post, you know. But, yeah, that's what I love about this is, is digging in and, okay, great. Yes, I agree. What do I do? And, And to have some of those answers is, is fantastic. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for, for sharing this. This is, this is oh, welcome, wonderful. Buddy. How do people, you know, if, if, if people want to take this assessment, do they reach out to you to kind of go through that process? Yeah. All they have to do is just shoot me off an email. And uh, I know you'll put my email somewhere, but I'll just say it. It's Gary, G-A-R-Y, at peopleistic.com. That's P-E-O-P-L-E-I-S-T. 
T-I-C.com. And just contact me and we'll have a chat and we'll go from there. Perfect. Awesome. You have a great one. It's so good to see you. Likewise. And we'll see you all next time. Have a great one. Thank you so much for for joining us and being part of our, our community. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Concentric. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd certainly like a great review from you on your favorite podcasting platform. But more than that, what really makes a difference to a show like ours is a recommendation to someone who would love this show like you do. Word of mouth referrals to your network and your podcast devouring friends is incredibly helpful to the growth of this show. For episode links and info, go to concentricshow.com. Thank you so much. And remember to keep building alignment to build a better life.